Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. All right, we're in our second week of this series called Mastermind, and what this series is, is, is intended to do is for us to evaluate how we think, to evaluate our thought processes, to evaluate um, maybe some thinking that maybe is not the healthiest, and how can we break unhealthy, un, uh, uh, unbenef- non-beneficial uh, speak that comes into our thoughts and comes into our thought life. Because the fact is, every single one of us, I hope, every single one of us has a thought. I hope you have thoughts. If you have a brain, you have a thought. Um, the most powerful thing on the planet is not the nuclear bomb. It is the mind that created the nuclear bomb. It is the, the mind is so incredibly powerful. And because it's powerful, it has the power to lead our lives. Good and bad. Because the mind is so powerful, uh, the, the, the scripture says that as a man thinks or as a woman thinks, there their life goes. That when we think a certain way, our life takes on the pathway of our thoughts. If you have high thoughts and positive thoughts, your life is more likely, no matter what hits or what comes your way, you're going to have a positive and outlook on life, even though life could be pretty bad. If your life is negative or you have down thoughts or negative thoughts, your life is going to kind of do that. And whenever something negative comes your way, you go, yeah, figures, that's my life. You know, it's just kind of our thought process that we go through. And so we're we're learning that mastermind is change your thinking, change your life. Okay, Uh, so by show of hands to here today, everybody participate. It's more fun if you do. Uh, Everybody here today, how many of you guys would just be really honest with me? And you would say that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you say irrational things or you do irrational things in your life. Anybody ever done or said irrational things? Anybody waiting? Go ahead and put them up. This is honest time. All right. Those of you who don't have your hands up, you can take a break from church today. You can go ahead and go get a donut or something. You're free to leave if you want. Because this is for real people today. This is what this message is for real people today. People that like stick their foot in their mouth and say things they shouldn't say and you can't take it back and all this stuff. This is for real people. I don't know about you, but we all fall into a category at times where we thought things and said things we shouldn't say and we say them and we can't take them back once they're said, but they're already out there. And so then we have to figure out which way we're going to go. So things like uh, that happen or maybe you say you're going to eat better, you're going to eat healthier um, and you're, you're determined to do it. And by God, you're going to make it happen. And then someone brings the box of donuts into the office. Right. And and that that cinnamon roll from hell is calling your name. Right. And you're like, ah, and so you say just a little, little dab, little bite, little. And all of a sudden you finish the whole stinking thing and you're going back for another. Right. These are things that we say that we regret saying. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, you want to get out of debt. 
I need to get out of debt. I need, it's consuming me. It's overwhelming. I'm going to get out of debt. So, so what do you say? All right, I'm on a plan. I'm on a budget. I'm, I'm doing this. And you're focused until you hit the mall and the clearance racks are calling out your name. And you're walking past that store and it says sale, sale, sale. And you go, I'll just go check it out. I'm, I'm strong. I can handle it. And then you see the cutest little shoes you've ever seen in your life. And you're like, oh, I've got to have these. They're only $23. They're regular $123. They're on sale. So we kind of say things that we shouldn't. Maybe it's electronics or things like that. Uh, maybe you've done something to somebody and you know you should apologize. But by golly, you're not going to apologize because you're not going to give them the power to have over you. So you're like, not going to say it. So you don't ever say it. I think that we all struggle at times in life with saying or doing things that we should not say or do. Where do those things come from? They come from our mind. Our mind thinks something and says something. Some people say whenever I get into a heated argument, uh, you know, whenever they get in a heated argument, they go, well, I just said it. it just came out. No, no, it was in you. You already thought it. It just made its way out. It found an exit hole to come out of. Right. And so that is why we're talking about masterminds. We're trying to learn how can we become better disciplined with this, because if we get disciplined with this, our lives will navigate a lot easier and smoother in life. And I'll illustrate to you this way. Uh, my first car that I had, first car that was my car, it wasn't a family car, this was my car. Now, in our world today, this car that I had, um, it was a gem, baby. It was a gem. I tell you, kids today would be envious of my car that I had, the first car I was given keys to. It was amazing. It, it was big. I could bring all my friends around in it. We'd go partying on Friday nights and, and cruising up and down the, the big uh, 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 inner city of uh, O'Fallon, Missouri. Not really inner city, but we would cruise around in this. In fact, it was called a cruiser. It was a cruiser. And I want to show you, here was my first car that I had right there. There it is. Don't be jealous now, y'all. Don't be jealous. That is a 1979 Cutlass Cruiser station wagon. And that was a wagon that I took all around town. And, and my dad, when he handed me the keys, my dad, I wanted this, I wanted this small little, uh, uh, Dodge Dakota truck. That's what I really wanted. I had my heart set on. And my dad was going to look at him one night. And he was all, he was, he was happy. He, you know, he was looking. And I thought, my dad's going to give me a Dodge Dakota truck. New. It's going to be amazing. And he comes in. He says, I got a car for you. He shoots these keys over across the table to me. And I was like, now listen, this one, this is not my real one, but it looks exactly like it. This one looks better than mine did. Okay, mine had the wood grain peeling off the sides. Holes and rust holes coming down the side. We paid $500 for that baby. My dad drove it for two years before I did. And my dad handed me the keys. Now, mind you, I only drove it for two years after that. And I handed it off to my sister. She got to drive it then. And... When I got done with that car, it did not look like a Cutlass Cruiser station wagon. I hit that thing on every side. Every quarter panel was dent up and bent up for me doing wheelies in a parking lot that I shouldn't have and ice. And that, that fish tailed around and hit a couple of, couple of poles on one side. And my fixing to it was I didn't take it to a body shop. Man, I paid 500 bucks for the thing. I pulled off the inside back and I beat it out with a hammer from the inside out. So it dents all over. It just looked horrible. 
Uh, I had a girlfriend that actually peeled all the wood grain off for me. So it wasn't at least didn't look like it had cancer. At least it looked somewhat as one color piece of car. And uh, and then I, uh, I I the front end was totally demolished. I crossed over a center uh, median without seeing the car on the other side and uh, all the front. I put it back together, my dad and I, with um, hot glue and screws. It was a I gave my I, I made my sister pay for her raising with me. I said, this is your car now. Um, but one of the things that I that I did enjoy doing in cars, and I still to this day, I enjoy installing stereos. I like doing all kinds of uh, sound systems and things like that. And so I was like, man, I'm gonna put me a sick sound system in this thing. And and I didn't have any money, so I remember. I, well, I mean, I took radios from anybody's car that they had it sitting in their garage. I said, can I have your radio? And they would give it to me. And the first radio was the one with the push button dial, you know, that you had to push and it took you up. We thought that was high tech back in the day. You pulled it out, remember, to set the station, then you push. It in, that was your station from there on. You guys don't even know. Those of you who don't even know what I'm talking about, you're missing out on fun life right there. Trying to get that frequency just right and then pull it out and then push it in, you're, you're set. Boom, you had five. Remember? Five stations. You guys don't know. You guys have 25,000 presets on your radio. There's not even that many stations out there. But uh, I'll never forget, I, I, I got some radios donated from different people. And so I would pull them out and I would spend all day Saturday installing them. And I'd be out of my car. I'd be jamming it out. You know, yeah, cut the screws are going down the street and everything. And my dad would be, turn that down. It's too loud. You know, screaming at me. And I would just be having a time of my life. And, and so I got one radio and I, it lasted like a couple of days and it, it blew up. And I was like... Man, somebody gave me a dumpy radio. All right, fine. I put another, I put another one in it. A couple of days later, blew up. A couple of, I went through four or five of these radios that I just kept getting from friends. And I was like, you know, what is going on? Something is not right with this. And, uh, and I talked to a professional finally who knows how to install those stereos. And he basically discovered that I had wires crossed. And so I was putting the wrong power in the wrong places that kept blowing the radio. Why do I say that? Well, I say that because... All of us in this place, there's a time in our life, mentally, our wires get crossed. And when our wires get crossed, we short out the course of our lives. Are you all hearing me today? Hello? Right? When we say things or do things that we shouldn't or, or we never intended to do, what we're doing is we're shorting out our lives. We're shorting out God's purpose because something up here is a cross. There's something that we have that, we, that we're trying to say and do that's not the way God wants us to say and do it. But many of us have fallen into an even worse category. Because there's some of you today, you learn and you uncross the wires and you get it right. There's others of us here today... You continue to cross the wires, blowing up your life over and over and over again. And you sit around and you go, I just don't know what's wrong with me. Let me tell you what's wrong with you. Your mind is not wired right. Now, don't look at anybody. Some of you are saying, I know who that is. They are not wired right. There's something wrong with them. But every one of us here today, there's something in our lives that's not right. There's something in our lives that doesn't line up correctly. And so we want to talk about it. Remember last week, I told you that that the, the direction of our life, that the way our life goes, how is it determined? Our direction of our life is determined by the strongest thought that we have. 
Whatever your strongest thought is, your life is going to be directed that way. Mastermind says change your life or change your thinking, change your life. So last week I gave you this scripture. I talked about Philippians and I said, I said the, the weapons that we fight with are not of this world. The weapons that we fight with, they're supernatural. They're divine. They're beyond this world. And because they're beyond this world, they have what's called divine power. What does divine power do? Divine power, scripture tells us, it demolishes strongholds in our minds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a lie that you have believed your entire life. Or a lie that you started believing for no apparent reason at all, but you believe it about yourself. It's a lie from the enemy. It's a deception. It's a it's a deceiving thing that convinces you this is you. This is who you are. And I said last week that that we need to demolish those strongholds, but we don't demolish them in our own strength. We demolish them through the power of God's word. That that when we invoke his word, it demolishes, it vanquishes, it destroys, it obliterates the strongholds in our life. So we take captive thoughts, we make them obedient to Christ, and we let God's word renew our mind. So we're looking at today the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul uh, is a great author in our New Testament, and I'm not going to give details about Apostle Paul. I'm just going to tell you where he is right now. When he's writing this, we're going to read about today. What is Where is he at, okay? He's in prison. He's literally shackled up in a prison, probably starving, probably very lightly clothed. He probably sleeps in those days. Their prisons were not uh, not the same standards as what we have in our prisons today. I'm sure they had he had rats and he had all kinds of critters and vermin that was wa- uh, running around him at night. They didn't probably give him a great place to sleep. They basically just kind of threw him into a cell and said, this is your living condition. In fact, uh, I've done I've watched history reports and they've actually had the prisons were down in holes. They weren't actually prisons that you could walk. You had to be lowered down in so they could not get out. So this man, Paul, that we're going to read today, he's at a bad place. His life, no bueno, not good. His life is at a very hard place. What could he do? Well, his thoughts, I'm sure, would say, his thoughts would say, you know what? This is a horrible place to live. This is a horrible condition. I can't believe I'm here. I'm here because I stood up for Christ. I stood up for what he said, and I got thrown in here. I'm trying to do what's right, and now here I sit in the prison. This is how his thoughts could be. What a what a horrible life. I can't believe you, God. Where are you? I'm sitting here in a hole. Where are you, God? This is what I get for doing what you called me to do? That's what his thoughts could be. But Paul... In this letter that he wrote to the church of Philippi, not one time, remember, he's in chains and shackles, starving, half, half clothed, probably not much going on. And not once throughout the whole letter in, in, in the Philippians does he ever complain. He does not, he does not gripe. He does not say anything like, uh, well, here's, here's what you can do, but my life is horrible. He does not complain. He does not grumble. What does he do? He encourages. He builds up. He speaks life into his circumstance because his circumstance was not going to dictate how he thought. And many of us sit here today and we let our circumstance determine our thought life instead of our thought life changing 
in directing the circumstance we face. So stand to your feet with me today as we read what he's going to say to us today. How is Paul in prison, shackled up in chains? How is he going to encourage us today? Here's what he says. Read along with me. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Say this with me. Fix your thoughts. Say it again. One more time. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What are we going to do? We're going to fix our thoughts. What are we going to do? Say it with me, guys. Everybody together. Ready? What are we going to do? We're going to. Father, help us to fix and adjust our thoughts because our thought life will determine where we go. God, if we think that life is horrible and we're never going to get through it and, and, and poor woe is me, then God, that is where our life will always go. But God, if we think, you know what, I may not be where I want to be, but I know by God, I'm going to get to where I'm going. So I'm going to hold on and I'm going to press on and God, I'm going to fix my eyes and my thoughts on what is pure, what is lovely, what is honorable, what is trustworthy. I'm going to fix my thoughts because, God, it's in the power of how you control my mind that my life moves in that direction. So, God, may you speak your life into each one of us and let it change us today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Fix your thoughts. We're going to fix our thoughts. We're going to do what? Fix our thoughts. On things that are greater than us. We're going to fix our thoughts. New King James Version for that, for that fix says meditate. We're going to meditate our mind on things that are lovely and pure and admirable, that are trustworthy. We're going to think about things in a good way. We're not going to think about the negative in people's lives. We're going to try our best to think and fix our minds on the things of God. We're going to stop looking so microscopic at the flaws in people. Instead, we're going to look to the one who is greater than all of our struggles. Last week, the key thought I want you to take through this series is this. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Where is our life moving? Our life is moving in the direction of our strongest thought. What is the strongest thought in your life? What is the strongest thought? It may be positive. It may be negative. But what is the strongest thought in your life? Because as you think, you will go. And as you go, you will either succeed and you will find peace or you will be destroyed because your thoughts will destroy you. Thoughts that that mean so much to us. Thoughts that shape who we are. Thoughts that shape our marriage, thoughts that shape our kids, thoughts that shape our work environment. Our thoughts are so powerful. I've seen many people destroyed because they never captured their thoughts. They let their thoughts run wild, paranoid and freaking out about every little thing and not taking captive the thoughts. I'll say it like this. How do we how do we capture our thoughts? How do we get a hold of our thoughts? Well, I'll illustrate it to you this way. It's kind of like working out when you go to work out. I can I can uh, sit in my living room and watch an exercise video, but that's not working out. I can't go to somebody and say I worked out today. I did, you know, 
uh, was that PX, whatever, 90. Yeah, I've never done that ever in a million years. I watched it for like three minutes. I said, they crazy. I'm not doing it. And uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't just sit and passively watch somebody watch somebody else work out. I, when I go to the gym, I can't just go to the gym when I go when I go there. I, I can't just stand around and be like, well, I showed up at the Y today. I just I should lose three pounds. I just walked in. Here I am done. I wish it was that easy. That'd be great, wouldn't it? It's not that easy. What do you have to do if you want to work out? You must engage. You must be active and in, in engaging in a workout regiment. Sometimes you've got to get a trainer to help you engage that regiment so that you can get to the goal you want to have. The challenge is this. We can, we can illustrate that with working out, and we're like, well, that makes sense. That makes total sense. I get it. Yeah. Same goes for the power of our mind. You cannot sit here in church on Sunday mornings. You can come every single Sunday morning as long as Jesus, until Jesus comes back, until you die. You can come here every single Sunday morning and you can listen to uh, the worship music and you listen to the preacher preach. You go, that's all good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. But if you do not engage what is being taught to you today, you will stay at the same place you are now and you will never get to the place that God wants you to be. Because just like working out, you can't just sit here and not engage what I'm telling you today. What I'm going to give you today is practical Discipline to help your thought life because your thought life is either taking you to a place of elevation or it's destroying you and taking you to a depths of despair. Your thought life is either going to build you up or it's going to tear you down. It's either going to build the people up around you or it's going to tear them down. My life, I must meditate towards truth. I must fix my eyes and my thoughts on truth. Where do I find truth? I find truth in the word of God. This is the sole source. When I say meditate, I'm not talking about transcendental meditation, transcendental meditation. The core thought of what they say is you need to look within, look within The answer is within. And I'm here to tell you, that's a lie. The answer is not within. Don't look in. Look up. The answer is not within us. The answer is found looking up to God. Eastern meditation would say this. Eastern meditation would say, you need to empty your mind, empty your mind, empty your mind. And I would say this. I agree. When we meditate on God's word, we empty our mind. But we don't leave it empty. We fill it with The word of God. We make sure that if we have negative, pessimistic, uh, discouraging, beat down thoughts in our minds, we replace them with the word of God. And if have to, we get so much of the word of God and it has no other choice but to be pushed out because God's word dominates in our life. We meditate towards truth. We look up to him. Psalm 119, verse 15. Here's what the truth says. It says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Yet sadly, how many of us neglect his word? Yet sadly, how many times we look to social media to fill the void and the 
the bad negative thoughts in our minds. We we look to friends, we look to family. We have a down day and we say, I just I don't like my body. I don't like how I look. I just don't like where I'm at. We think it. and We ponder it. And then we express it to people that we know are going to tell us what we want to hear. Oh, you are perfect. You are created just right. You are so beautiful. You, you know, you are, don't even worry about it. Put that thought out of your mind. You go, oh, okay, well, I got it. You didn't conquer your thoughts. You allowed someone else to try to fill your mind. And yet, let me tell you something. The next day you're going to wake up. You're going to feel discouraged about your body. You're going to look at your body. yourself. You're going to say, I don't like who I am. Because men and women can never replace what God's word can do in our minds. So we have to focus our thoughts. We have to retrain and engage our minds. We have to fill it with the truth. Fill it with his presence. Allow God's goodness to come in. Allow to to recognize the works of what he has done. Because we're going to fill our minds with the things of God. Some of the things that, some of the discipline that I've had to learn uh, in And throughout my life, I've had to learn how to, I'm not at all perfect with it. I'm better than what I was. I'm better than what I was younger. I'm better than what I I was maybe a year ago. But I have a long ways to go. I pray I'll be better in 10 years from now. I pray I keep getting better and better. Because the fact is, guys, just like you and, and just like every single person here, I'm the same as each one of you. Just because I'm a pastor does not mean I don't have Thoughts that come into my head that try to dictate my life and take me down destructive paths. Not at all. They are just the same. In fact, I will say this. They're stronger. They're stronger. Because if I can get discouraged and if I can, if I can uh, go through times of, of hurtful places and I think negatively about myself or about where I'm at, if I get that, then I can't preach to you God's word. If he can get me, he can try to weasel his way into every one of our lives. So this is why I'm trying to tell you that I'm going to give you some practical steps right now. These are some practical steps. If you need to, I want you to write these down. This is how I have to engage my mind in battle. This is how I have to speak and talk to God and in order to get me to a better place. Because the fact is, guys, we all have our wires crossed. This is how I ask God to uncross my wires. The first thing that I do whenever I enter into a time of prayer and a time with God, the very first thing I do is I ask him to come with me. I invite him. You say, well, isn't God everywhere? Yeah, yeah, he is everywhere. But I have to acknowledge he's with me right now. He's everywhere. But we have to acknowledge he's here. So the first step that I do is I say, I take a deep breath. I say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to just come here. Can you just come here? Can you just like get right here by me? Come pile up. Come here. I need you close. It's the first step that I do. The next thing I do is I might I might read a little bit of scripture, some Proverbs or some Psalms. I might read just very light and I don't go deep into stuff. I don't read like Leviticus or Exodus or anything like that. That's not a great starting point. If you guys know, it's all about the rules and judgments and all that. That's not a great place to start. I kind of read Proverbs and I read Psalms. And I kind of encourage myself a little bit. And then I do what's called a five minute discipline prayer time. Literally, I I have to do I do prayer life five minutes at a time. Because I don't know about you, but my mind tends to wander. Did that ever happen to you? Like ADD prayer life, you know? Like squirrel on crack prayer life. You get in there and you're like, yeah. 
You know, you start praying. You're really going, oh, God, I just pray that, you know, just help, help, help me today. Just be led by you. And, and God, get the oil change in the car. And I got to pay bills when I get home. And, oh, yeah, I got that bill coming up. I better get that done before I go home today. Because, man, that's really, that's, that's important to get done. I'll go online and pay that. And, oh, man, I got to take. And all of a sudden, you're off on a rabbit trail. And you're like, you're going. And you're, you're being productive, but not in a prayer life way, okay? So you, you, I want to encourage you. Just five minutes. You have to set a watch. Set your timer on your phone. And, and here's the thing. Get this. As far away as you can. Like, literally, I put music on this, and I pray, and this is kind of where I pray. You're going to my prayer closet, just so you all know. You're here with me. I put this, like, on a chair up front, away from me, and I'm on the opposite side of the room. I don't care if it bings or dings or dongs or clicks or whatever. I'm not touching. I'm not looking at I'm not doing anything because I want five minutes. I just want five minutes that I can focus and discipline my mind to focus on what God wants to say. I need to get my mind right with him, Okay. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll take, and after I, after I prayed for five minutes, and after I've talked to God for five minutes, you know what I do? I shut up. Some of y'all need to shut your yappers. You're in your prayer closet, you're like, and God, I want this, and I need you to do this, and I need you to go here, God, and take care of that, and get them, God, because they, they talk bad about me. Get them good. And you go on and on and on and on and on. You just chirp, 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 yep, 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 yep. And yet God is like, hey, hey. Okay, you don't want to hear from me. You don't want to hear from me. So I'm going to encourage you after your five minutes discipline, you take a breather, you shut your mouth, and you just wait. Oh, man, this is the worst part of my whole time. Because I feel like if I'm waiting, he's not doing anything. But I've also found that in the waiting, it's when he is speaking the softest So I have to listen the hardest. Invite him in. Read some of his word. Five minutes prayer discipline. And then pause and breathe. And it's in those moments that God, for me, it's in those moments that God fills my mind, not with my problems, but he'll start speaking to me about other people's problems. You say, you mean God talks to you? No, I'm not saying God audibly talks to me or sends me a letter or anything like that. I'm saying that he impresses upon me to pray for somebody. Had it happened to me just last week, had a had an individual in my heart all day long for my prayer time, all day long. I wrestled, I wrestled with him and I prayed and I prayed and I said, God, I don't know what they're going through. I just feel like they're going through something. I'll never forget um, that I, I, I felt like I was supposed to call him, but I fought God. I said, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to call him because I don't want to impose. I don't want to sound weird and, you know, you negotiate all that. And the next day, they called me. And I said, you were on my heart all day yesterday. And they said, there's a reason why. Because when we meditate on God's word, when we get in with God, he will take our thoughts and our thoughts will not be our thoughts. They'll be the thoughts in the mind of God. You're not good enough, your thoughts say. You'll never measure up, your thoughts say. Who do you think you are, your thoughts say. Why do you even try to bother doing anything good? You're a failure at things, your mind says, your thoughts says. Your life is hard. No one understands. Just stop doing what you're doing. Stop going at this pace. Just stop the training. Get off. Your life is worthless, your thoughts say. No. We take captive those thoughts. We make them obedient to Christ. And the way we make them obedient to Christ is we find God's word that combats that lie. We find the truth 
that combats that lie and we make it submissive to Christ. That's how we engage the battle of our minds. We'll always be broke. We'll never have any money. We work and work and work and it never amounts to anything. You battle in your mind the logistics of finances from the world's view. And I have told people time and time again, if you handle your money the way the world handles money, you will have no money because the world has nothing to show for it. But if you handle your money the way God wants you to handle your money, if you honor him with the tithes that you bring in and you say, God, you're first in my finances, I'm going to give first to you. I don't know what the bills look like, but I know you do. So I'm going to trust you, God. And you bring your tithes to God. You bring your offerings to God. I promise you, you will see such a peace and tranquility that guides your steps. And I, I know for a fact, guys, there were times I did not know what God was doing or how he's going to do it. But I honored him and I watched him do faithfully. My mind told me to worry. My mind told me to stress. My mind told me to, to get another job and get more money. You get more money and then you can pay more bills. But my mind had to be replaced with God's mind. And God's mind says, hey, Kevin, put me first. I own it all anyway. I'll take care of you. You trust me? Do you trust me? If you trust me, let me take care of it. Whatever it is. You must demolish the strongholds. And last week, here's our starting point. Last week, I encouraged you with this. I said, what is the stronghold in your life? What is the lie in your life? Everybody close your eyes for just one minute. I want you to think, what is the lie that the enemy has spoken to you your entire life? You're not good enough. You, after what you did, how could God ever use you? Uh, maybe you're, you're always going to struggle financially. Maybe it's relationships are such a mess. You're, you, you destroy, you bomb relationships and intimacy. You'll never know it. You're always going to be a screw up. Um, the family is never going to stay together because it's so disarrayed and dysfunctional. What is the lie? What is the lie that the enemy is saying to you? Close your eyes. Identify it right now. What is that lie? Now open your eyes. Write it down. I want you to write the lie down. Whatever that lie is, I want you to write it down. Because you need to see the lie that you've been spoken. That's been spoken to you. And the second step I told you last week is I want you to identify the truth. What is it? What is the truth that you need to identify? Identify the lie. Identify the truth. What is the truth? What is the truth that you need to hear today? Here's some examples, and we're going to do another exercise in just a minute. Here's some examples. This is, again, remember what I'm talking about today. Engaging your mind to battle the lies of the enemy. This is what you're doing today. Some of you will get this, and I believe some of you will find freedom in this as you move forward. Others of you, you're going to get it, but it's going to take you longer because the lie has been stuck there for so long. It's, it's not a lie. It's truth to you. And the Holy Spirit's going to reveal the lie to you. But maybe today your, uh, your lie is you're a hostage to worry to fear, to anxiety, to, to feeling of, of you have to figure things out. Maybe you're a parent and your worry and anxiety is that your kids 
are doing stupid decisions, and quite possibly they are. But your worry is that you can't let them go because you've got to help them navigate it. And yet, the truth is, if you prayed and give them over to God, they're going to have to figure it out on their own. You're going to have to release them to let God do it. And you take care of yourself. Your worry and fear can only be taken down by this truth. Because of Christ living in me, I will never fear what lies in front of me. Why? Because Philippians is the scripture. Philippians 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But with constant prayer and petition, present your request to God. With thanksgiving in your heart. And it says, the peace which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do you see what I did there? The lie was, I'm always going to have worry and anxiety and fear. But the truth is, with Christ, I don't have to fear anything. That's the truth. And the scripture or the thing that battles the lie is the truth of God's word. I, the peace of God will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I have, I have to fight the battle in mind. You're worrisome, you're anxious, but it says not to worry or be anxious. What am I going to do? I'm going to pray, I'm going to give it to Jesus, and I'm going to allow him to give me his peace in my heart and my mind. Another example may be today, you may be here and you don't know what the decision is for your future. You don't know where to go or how to navigate it. And, and the lie says you've screwed it up in the past. You're going to do it again. You're a mess up. You're a failure. You'll never do it right. That's the lie. What is the truth? The truth is God loves me and he cares about where I'm going and what I'm doing. So he cares about me. And then I get the scripture to reinforce the truth that combats the lie. Are you all getting this? The Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So I have to, I, I've messed up in the past, God, and that's definitely true. But right now, I'm going to lean upon, not my understanding, but your, what you tell me to do, I'll do. And I'll trust you as I move forward. It can be so many different things. I can go on and on and on and give you illustrations about what you can do, but Whatever the lie is, it can only be destroyed by God's word to combat the lie. So then what happens is every day if you recite this. So people ask me sometimes, how do you know scripture like you do? Can I tell you how I know scripture? Because I've engaged it to battle my mind. Things that I've struggled with in my life, I don't, I don't go to someone else to figure out how to battle it. I go to God's word and I find a verse and I memorize it. I meditate on it. I, I put it center of what I think. Every one of us had the same opportunity. It may take a month. It may take three months. It may take three years. I would say this for me. I'm going to battle my mind for the lifetime. Because my mind is carnal, it's earthly, but his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So I'm going to engage in the battle of my mind, but not by my own strength, by the power of his word. It's like uh, whenever you learn a second language, anytime you, you're learning a, a foreign language, um, there's this thing called the switch. And the switch is kind of like a light bulb. Go, you switch a light on in a room, and all of a sudden, oh, there it is, you see? 
And, and what happens is you can study foreign language. And those of you who speak foreign language, uh, you'll agree with this. This is the real thing that happens. Um, you can study for a year, two years, four years, whatever you do. But until the switch goes on, you will never be able to speak and understand a foreign language, a second language. But when the switch happens, and it happens at different places for different people, when it happens, all of a sudden you start hearing what they're saying in a foreign language. And when you hear it, it's automatically your mind is rewired and it's connecting the dots. And all of a sudden now you understand as if it's your own language. And when you talk, you're talking in your own language here, but it's coming out in a different language here. It's amazing to switch. I can't do it. I mean, those of you that can, God bless you. You have a great mind, you know. I mean, I can't do it. I'm try- I've tried. I know, you know, como esta, yo quiero taco bell and that kind of stuff. But nothing really extreme in my, my foreign language repertoire. But... I've learned, I have learned that the power of the switch happens in this way too. That if we fill God's word and if we memorize God's word enough, when the enemy speaks, we fight him with the word. Not our words, God's word. To demolish strongholds. In order to demolish strongholds, we we use God's word. We take captive those thoughts. We make them obedient. The lie to the truth to the scripture that reinforces the truth that battles the lie. Why? Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You cannot have a positive life without a, with a negative mind. What you think comes out. The weapons we fight with are not carnal. They're weapons that are divine, able to destroy strongholds and take down the lies of the enemy. So, Everybody had you write down a lie? Okay? Here's what I'm going to have you do. Close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you permission to do something that normally we don't do, and I appreciate you guys not doing on a normal basis, but I'm going to have you do something today. With your eyes closed, I want you to think about that lie that the enemy has spoken over and over and over again into your spirit, into your mind. And, and, and in just a moment, I'm going to have you get your phones out. I'm going to have you go to a very powerful tool called Google. And you're going to put in Google Bible verses that will combat depression, anxiety, fear, loneliness, uh, that will combat relationships, marriage, husbands, wives, raising children, whatever it is that you're combating, whatever the, 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 the lie in your mind is, we're going to get scripture and I want to have you write that down. And then this week, I want you to meditate on it. I want you to use it in your everyday prayer life. I want you to ask God to help you renew your mind with that truth. Okay. So everybody got their lie. All right. You can open your eyes, get your phones out. Go ahead. You have permission. Get your phones out. I want you just to Google Bible verses that combat or that go against or Bible verses for depression or Bible verses. But if you put in those kind of things, you'll still get a It's amazing. Google's absolutely amazing. So this helps you understand practicality of how to do this. Okay, man, this was not the way it was back in the day. You all know what I'm talking about. We had to get out. You had to get out the Bible and you had to look in the back and find the cheat words of where you're going to go. Yeah, you could do that, too. All right. Write that down.
Just write the reference down. You don't have to write the whole verse. Just write the reference, you know, Philippians, whatever, whatever it's going to direct you to. Now, now everybody take that piece of paper, close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, help us to renew our minds with your truth. The battlefield is not on a foreign territory someplace. The battlefield is not on the front lines with guns and artillery. The battlefield is not found in the depths of the sea, under the waters deep. No, the battlefield is found in our minds. God, the enemy is waging war. The enemy speaks life that uh, speaks death into us. He speaks He takes away our life. He takes away our joy. He takes away our contentment. The enemy destroys. He destroys because his whole game is to steal, kill, and destroy. And it begins in our minds, God. So, Lord, right now, I ask that you would just renew our minds in you. Help us to recognize and identify his lie. But most importantly, let us find your truth. And the verse that reinforces that truth to combat the lie. Because we will no longer be prisoners because of our minds. We will find freedom. We will find hope. We will see light shine in a new day because our thoughts are your thoughts. And our ways are your ways, God. Because we have engaged in disciplined Our minds, God, husbands to wives and wives to husbands and children. And and God, as we move forward, all of our minds surrender to you and allowing you, God, to fill us with your truth so we can be set free. With your head bowed and eyes closed, please. Just feel very strong today. You're here today and the battle of your mind has been great. In fact, you're sitting here today and you couldn't put just one thought down. You have many thoughts, many consuming thoughts that consume you, that overwhelm you, that bring you down, that beat you down, that take away every bit of hope and every bit of joy and every bit of life that you have just seems to wake up in the morning and, and, and you may start off good, but within minutes you're just at a different place and your thoughts are not surrendered to Christ. Some of you here today are struggling with your thoughts. It's right here where you're at. I want you just to say, God, help me to capture the thoughts, the lies of the enemy. Give me strength. Give me renewed love for your word that it would battle the enemy. I fill my mind with you and that, God, I'm changed from the inside out. God, for the torment of a mind, those fighting depression today, those feeling like no one loves them, no one cares. Why go on? God, I, I just pray that they would hear the words of truth today. It says, God, you love them so much that you brought them here today to hear this truth so they can find freedom in their life and their thought life with you. Set us free, God, in the power of
in Jesus' name. As I said, amen. You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa, with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m., and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.